Welcome to Sound and Vision, conversations with contemporary artists and musicians about the creative process. Here's the host of Sound and Vision, Brian Alfred. NYC Crit Club has open enrollment through October 18th for session two of their fall 2021 semester. NYC Crit is continuing with the Zoom courses that since 2020 have allowed them to connect with artists around the United States and across the world. The Crit Club has also returned to in-person courses in their 550-square-foot new space in Bushwick, Brooklyn. Session 2 features a wide range of courses focusing on advanced critique, art history, writing, and the honing of one's studio practice, with several new material-based classes in person and on Zoom. NYC Crit Club is a radical alternative art program offering critique, community, and connection for artists post-BFA and post-MFA. The NYC Crit Club, founded and directed by Hilary Doyle and Catherine Haggerty, is proud to offer BIPOC scholarships and work-study rates for artists in financial need. Applications open October 15th for the month-long Plum Line residency beginning in January 2022. This opportunity offers the winner full 24-hour access to the NYC Crit Club's 550-square-foot studio in Bushwick, Brooklyn, and will culminate in a presentation of their works at the end of the residency in January 2022. To apply for the Plum Line residency or to enroll in Session 2 Fall courses, please visit www.nyccritclub.com Sound and Vision is sponsored by Golden Artist Colors. Golden Artist Colors Incorporated became an employee-owned company in 2002, and in 2010, employees became the majority owners of the company. Despite worldwide distribution, Golden Product is still created on the grounds of the original barn in New Berlin, using the highest standards for consistency and quality. Golden constantly strives to outdo itself by operating on three principles, make the best products, provide customers with the best service, and find people who can make the first two happen. Golden makes the best art materials available from Williamsburg oil colors, core watercolors, and their vast line of acrylics. You can find them at your local art store or online at goldenpaints.com. Located in Seattle, Fulcrum Coffee Roasters seek to craft the perfect coffee. They have been roasting coffee for over 20 years. You can order their amazing coffee at fulcrumcoffee.com, enter code ALFREDSTUDIO upon checkout, and receive 20% off your order. Christine Tian Wang is an artist born in Washington, D.C., based out of California. She received her BFA from the Cooper Union and her MFA in painting from UCLA. Christine completed residencies at the Jamaica Center for Arts and Learning at VCU Qatar, Chasma North, and Skowhegan. Her recent solo exhibition, Coronavirus Memes, was on view at Gallery Nagel Draxler in Cologne. Selected group exhibition venues include Franz Halls Museum, Rachel Uffner, Magenta Plains, and the Prince Street Gallery. Christine is in the collection of the Los Angeles County Museum of Art and the Grenegay Art Collection in Belgium. She's represented by Evergold Projects in San Francisco, Knight Gallery in Los Angeles, and Gallery Nagel Draxler in Cologne and Berlin. She's currently Assistant Professor of Painting and Drawing at the California College of Art and lives and works in San Francisco. 
I spoke to Christine about anxiety, pressure, optimism, Reddit, painting memes, and much more. Here's our conversation. Well, you were asking if I teach, and you teach too, right? I teach at California College of Art, CCA. Oh, that's right. See, I'm an East Coast. Uh, well, you are too. Right? I am. You yeah. are an East Coaster. You you defected. You went out there. Are you never gonna come back? Never. Really? I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. Ne- no, not unless never? I have like three million dollars cash. <laughs> that's what it takes to get you back. I mean, man, how Let's do a GoFundMe get, get you out of that West Coast I don't lifestyle. Think, yeah, I don't think it's going to... Manhattan's expensive. Yeah. New York's it, expensive. It is. All my friends are out in the outer boroughs, you know? One person's in, like, Sunset Park, the other person's What the in, hell's wrong with the outer boroughs? No, nothing <laughs> you wrong. You act like this. It's great. It's great. It's great. No the one lives in Manhattan what, anymore. The, the problem is when I visit, I have to take the N train into Manhattan from Queens and then back out again. Do you know you what I go, mean? You mean to go to the airport? No, to visit. To If I have one friend in Brooklyn and one friend in Queens, how, you know, how am I going to see both of them? <laughs> Wait, you live in, where do you live? San Francisco. Oh, okay. It's a little better than... Like if you were in L.A. and you deal with all that traffic. Although San Francisco can be a little hairy at times, can it? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's so easy to get around New York. I'm not going to turn this into a New York is awesome thing. Uh, but you are an, an East Coaster in your heart. Okay, right? thank you. Right? I, I'm going to take that as a compliment. Oh, it is? Yeah. Yeah. No, now, now everyone on the West Coast is going to be, be mad. Like, There's a different sensibility, right? Sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Don't you? So, yeah, totally. Like, when I go out... Well, I haven't been in a while. Like, California has that different vibe of, like, everything's a little more chill. Which is fine. It's really healthy and nice. And I can't relate to it. <laughs> I've been here too long to, you know, to to slow or to, to chill like that. I mean, the question is... is is chilling better or worse for your studio practice, right? Like oh. some some people need to chill. Yeah, that's a loaded other whole other question. Right. Like there's like your life and where you live in relation to that and then the studio and that's a whole other can of worms. Ideally you just make the studio stuff work somehow. You either push back against whatever it is or you embrace it. Yeah. But yeah, it's, I don't know. I, I, I've been fantasizing lately about like upstate or somewhere outside. Yeah, that's, those, those are chill vibes. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, actually. I don't know what I'm talking about. All I know is there is a, there's an energy out, there's an energy here that I both love and hate, but I don't know if I can be without it. You're you're not alone, right? There's so many so many of my New York friends are just like in it. They're there forever. They're gonna be there forever. Yeah, I mean, no one really likes it here. We just like the culture, and we like the people, and we like, you know, the, you know, the grocery stores and the food and stuff. But 
other than that, I mean, it's horrible. <laughs> like <laughs> driving my kid to school to Queens oh, from Brooklyn. Yeah. So that's that amazing. is in it itself is, you know, an hour of my day that's stressful. That's amazing. How did, how did this turn into me complaining about my, <laughs> my commute? Anyways, so I'm really excited to talk to you because I don't know that much about you, but I found your work and it seems really engaging and funny. And then like, I'm wondering if you're funny. <laughs> I'm hoping you're funny. You're funny, clearly, or there's something funny about it. like, and then, yeah, I'm just interested in, and then you're teaching and you, you must be, you know, intellectual and just, I'm just excited <laughs> to, to talk to you. This is going to be fascinating. Thank you for having me. I'm very flattered. I saw all of the people that you interviewed and I'm like, whoa, it's such good company. So I feel um lucky to talk to a lot of really cool people i tricked everyone to saying yes somehow but i it's been i fun. mean if if it's that kind of track record you must be really good you must be doing something right yeah i don't know i think you can fake it till you make it and then you can just keep faking it <laughs> but then maybe don't you feel like if you do something long enough, though, you just kind of get not I don't want to say good at it, but you just kind of like, you know, it becomes like natural in a way or you get just something to be said for repetition and practice, you know, yeah, I think. Sure. If nothing else, you just get comfortable or not comfortable in a bad way, but, you know, you feel confident and like just doing it, you know. Yeah, that's like good advice for anybody think so yeah just do it for a while you know, is there anything in you that you do today in your life that say you know when you were in your late teens you would say to yourself there's no way i would be doing that i <laughs> well i was such a little shit in my late <laughs> teens well, weren't we all right it's like it's like endless this the stuff that I didn't know in my late teens. Yeah, me too. But I I work out. I never would have imagined working out. Oh, really? In, Was that as a not teenager. part of? Yeah, yeah. Don't you love it though? I love exercise now. Me too. It's but it's like it's like a thirties thing or like a late 20 for me it was a new discovery what what led you to it though or what was the the transition to it to where you're like oh this is something i need depression oh yeah it does it releases like endorphins right it, it like yeah it de-stresses you yeah seriously i do that all the time where after i go just empty it out at the gym i feel like oh thank god it's so much better. It really is. That's why I do it really early in the morning. <laughs> so I can start off by just taking that edge off. You're so smart. Okay, what, what's your exercise routine? I'm so curious. Uh, it is... I just go to the gym at like 5 o'clock in the morning and do like what cardio and weights and stuff, you know? 
I'm machine? definitely like an old school guy because like me being, you know, close to 50, like when I was exercising when I was young, I learned certain things. And nowadays, like people at the gym are doing all sorts of stuff that I don't even know. Like it's like trapeze shit. I don't know what it is. Yeah. I'm just doing basic stuff, you know. That stuff is all good. What do you do? I like body pump classes. Oh, you're a class person? You like Oh, those? yeah. I like it motivates you. Yeah. B- body pump classes and hiking and hiking's nice, yeah. Um swimming, but I haven't swam since the pandemic started. Um it's such a good workout swimming. Oh my god, I love it. No but impact. I, it's been it's and been exhausting. Yeah, but it's been it's been like a year and a half of no swimming. Wait, why did it? St- oh, because you went to a public pool. Yeah, I went to a pool. I went to a school, and right now the I went to UCSF, but right now their um, their campus is closed to anyone who's not a student or faculty. Yeah. So I can't use the gym there anymore. It's very sad. It's on lockdown, right? It's like, yeah. Yeah. So what are you doing now? Are you biking? So now I'm doing hiking and um, body pump classes. I found a body pump class. Do you start your morning with that? Like what's your day-to-day schedule? Um, well, right now I've been pretty depressed, so... I've been like, wake up at seven, scroll Reddit. Well, nothing cures depression like surfing the internet. Oh my god, it's the worst! And I and I'm following <laughs> the worst, just like the worst subreddits. So it's like a That's mix dangerous of territory. It's like Reddit, like R slash collapse, R slash anti-work r slash depression (laughs) r slash depressed um r slash cryptocurrency sure (laughs) and um like cursed comments those are good too yeah you're really and also awe deep like, in there. Yeah, like Reddit awe for the like A W W for the for like the animal, like the bunny snuggling with the dog. Oh, I see. The cute like the aw like that. Yeah. That's a really well, good subreddit. Nice. I don't have any pets. Do you have any pets? I have two polydactyl cats who are sisters. See, you don't see. That's why you don't need Reddit awe, because you're like living. You're living they are it. Really cute, yeah. They're like part Maine Coons, and they're just like adorable. We really hit the jackpot with these cats. Oh, I'm so jealous. Well, you can get a cat. Maybe I know you're allergic. I'm allergic. Ah, oh, jeez. My wife's allergic. She just trained herself to deal with it. I guess. Oh my god. Chemically or something. I don't know. The one cat is always on top of her and she's uh, surviving. So, you know, maybe you can <laughs> just, or get one of those shaved cats. Oh God, they're just not, they're not as cute though. They're not There's so less cute. awe in the shaved exactly. cats. It's a little more exactly. like, ew. 
Exactly. <laughs> Living with an alien. <laughs> Sorry, that's like bald shaming cats, but they are a little creepy. A little, yeah, sure. A little, a little less cute. How did you? How did you hear about my work? I don't know. Since, uh, to be totally honest with you, I, I, maybe it's a night gallery thing. I think since covid i have no idea how i'm finding anything anymore you know what i mean it's all just like some sort of weird information blur but it's online because basically other than going to the galleries here once in a blue moon i'm encountering most of the stuff online so um yeah i found it i don't know Um, i can't tell you exactly when the first time i saw it but I remember seeing it maybe here and there and then taking a deeper look and really liking some of the maybe the secondary or tertiary stuff that you were that seems like you're doing compared to the the meme related things that I think probably jump out more. You know what I'm saying as far as like the visibility of it. Yeah. What do you so like secondary or tertiary meaning like the the like older work or like work that's not meme like as like instagrammable or i just meant that in the sense of like the second and third like kind of work that i saw like the first stuff that i saw of yours was the meme based stuff and not mm-hmm. hierarchical just like the way that i encountered it like the secondary stuff like the the drawing ones that you did you know what i'm talking about you probably do oh you yeah it. i love those those are so <laughs> oh like i'm i'm starting to color to de- yeah to deal with my anger and depression or yeah those are really good thanks sure so yeah yeah, i i I don't i guess that's why you know i i've i talked to some people that i've known for like 20 or 30 years you know what i mean and then i talk to people that i i don't know the work that well i'm really interested in it but i haven't seen like a lot of shows of it but for me that's kind of fascinating because there have been people I've talked to that I've only seen their work in passing or like online and in bits. And then I go see the show and it's really cool to go encounter the work IRL, like after having like a long conversation with someone, you know? So it's, I, I kind of, I'm, I've turned off the, the filter of how I encounter things anymore. I think COVID really like, it just like changed everything in a way. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. But your the work is really there's so many Well, before I go into it, there's a lot of questions I have about your work. Oh yeah, <laughs> go yeah, go for it. And uh but but I do want to figure out where you're from and how you got from DC, I think DC, is that where you were? Yeah. From? DC. Out to the West Coast and like where's like mom and dad or like what the They're I, in I need Rockville. To, I need Rockville, the backstory. Maryland. Rockville, Maryland. I used to go, I think there was a skateboarding store near Rockville that I used to go to when I was young. I grew up in Pittsburgh, so I did go oh, down to yeah. D.C. a lot. Music, yeah. bands, all that stuff. Yeah. The Black Cat. Did you ever go to the I Black Cat? I played the Black Cat, cat yeah. <gasps> you played it? Yeah. Well, not me, my ba- the band. It wasn't. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. It was a great venue. Although the 930, I liked more, I think. Right? The 9.30? Yeah, 9.30 club. Is it bad that I'm getting so old that I forget the location? I'm old too. <laughs> the I'm venue, old too. the location of the venue. to the <laughs> It's fine. It's DC fine. was a great place to play and such a, a cool scene there. Yeah. 
I grew up in Rockville, Maryland, and we, so we would go to D.C. for fun, you know. Sure. Adams Morgan, go to some weird coffee shops and stuff, record DuPont stores. DuPont Circle. Oh, yeah, yeah. DuPont Circle. U Street, all of that. Wait, so Rockville, what's in Rockville? How nothing. did How, how did your parents nothing. end up in Rockville? Were they born Just and raised suburban. there? No, they were born and raised in Taiwan. And my grandparents were on the wrong side of the communist revolution. Oh, I see. So they had, so my grandparents had to go to Taiwan. And your parents got out. My parents were were born, yeah, born in Taiwan. They came to the States for their um, graduate degrees in the 70s. And then moved to... DC. They met in Boston and then they moved to Kentucky and then they moved to Rockville. Seems like a natural path. Well, yeah. 70s grad school in the 70s, peace, love and happiness. I'm sure that was a fun time. I were mean, they hippies? <laughs> Did no, they, they no. were not hippies. <laughs> right. They're Catholic. They're, Catholic? Yeah. They're not just Christians, they're Catholic. Oh yeah, so I got the Catholic guilt and the Chinese guilt. Holy crap, that's together. like <laughs> Catholic parents and Asian parents together. So Yeah. <laughs> are we tapping into depression where the depression originated? Oh, it's I mean, whatever it is, it's internalized at this point, you know. Right. I don't live yeah. with them anymore. So Right, of course. No, I mean it's <laughs> I mean I'm joking. But Catholicism is, you know, I grew up with a lot of I grew up kind of agnostic. I mean, my parents were quote unquote Lutheran, but we never went to church. We never, there was never a religion around except for my dad would read the Bible sometimes, but it just wasn't a thing. Yeah, no, I know. Cause I had friends who were going to catechism and like in Catholic school and they were just burning stuff and like, you know, stepping on ants and trying to break windows all the time. I don't know. There was something about. They were messed up. Yeah. You could see that they were messed up. It was too much. You know, the, the, (laughs) the deepest one was my friend was adopted by a a pastor like a family but the oh dad Lord. was a pastor Good and Lord. he was out of control oh yeah total total repression so much repression uh, yeah for sure i'm trying to with my son i'm trying to just let him go like do your thing man but so back to you dc area Rockville, Maryland. So growing up in a Catholic household, it was tough. There was shame there. There was, was there creativity? (laughs) No, no creativity. I I really need sometimes to do these podcasts as video podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) There's no creativity at all. What did they do? Were they in, oh, well, they, you were, they went to grad school. What were, what was their? My dad is, a researcher a nuclear physicist he specializes in magnetic resonance imaging he works at howard university and then my mother started her own dental practice so we they drove me to after school painting and i Mm -hmm. learned how to paint still lifes and from life you know actually with I'm a class person, right? Like I'm, I'm like I joined the class, the classes. Right. Yeah, yeah. And there's the 
old retired ladies in the class and it was really fun <laughs> it would be like high school class. students yeah the painting class oh so the class was, was like a safe school. space right it yeah. was like a place where you could be i could paint. you know let loose a little bit and do something yeah. not like you know like shame exactly were they so angling I, for like portraits of christ or was it more like you do your mm, thing <laughs> it was more like why are you painting the nude model <laughs> oh shame there yeah yeah <laughs> And it's like, this is art. (laughs) The line between, you know, fine art and aesthetics and deviance is like a very thin line. You know, it's always rooted in some sort of like, well, why do you have to do that? Oh, my gosh. I got that so much (laughs) from my parents. Like, why are you making this? Why don't you make a nice painting? Why don't you make a pretty painting? Whatever. No. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds, I feel so privileged. I mean, outside of the whiteness of me, I mean, I grew up with not <laughs> the maleness. Yeah, the the white male, that privilege. I grew up. With, my parents didn't make a lot of money. They were really working class, like barely, you know, like it, I didn't. But they were always like, "Do what you want to do, man." You know what I mean? That's great. I think that's one of the. That's really great. Yeah. I don't know. That's privilege. You know, when people just say, hey, man, just do what you want to do. Just work hard at it or try hard. But, you know, so there's I have that guilt. I feel bad. Sorry. You feel bad that your parents were nice to you? No, no. I feel bad that other people were are are not don't have that. You know what I mean? Don't have that kind of feeling of freedom of just being like yeah i just want to do that it's fine you know what i mean yeah i i really really liked painting i i really loved painting and painting from life and painting the model and painting portraits and painting plein air landscapes and i just had such a fun time doing that in high school that's cool now I did too. Like I found it in high school. I started playing around, like painting around the high school time. And, but, and I loved it, but I wasn't good at it. Were you good at it? Yeah. I yeah. was. So you had I a natural like really, gift. I don't think it was natural. It was just like, I did it f- so much. Like, like. You figured it out. Yeah. You put in the. I figured out how to paint from life and like you know mix colors and paint you know paint a big canvas like three feet square is three feet square is big for high school i feel like yeah i was doing eight and a half by 11s religiously (laughs) i mean that's good too it is but i mean that yeah three by three is it's impressive at that age for so i felt like i felt like i was good technically you know and then but then i knew that somehow i knew that technical wasn't everything so that's fortuitous i mean to know that at that age because usually it's programmed in you that like oh you it's really good if you make that look like that you know, like that's the yeah. the metric of success when you're young as an artist, usually. Yeah, sure. 
But, you know, we had the National Art Gallery and we had the Hirshhorn in D.C. So ah, that's right. Yeah, I would I could go and I could see, oh, these the old paintings look like, you know, plein air paintings or impressionist paintings or whatever. But the the work that's in the National Gallery does not look like, you know, what's coming out of my after school program. Right. Like I'm, that's, I'm missing something. Yeah, that's a big yeah. advantage, though, right? Seeing all that stuff. Yeah, I felt really lucky. I, I mean, I, I, I remember I going when I was young, going to the Carnegie Museum in Pittsburgh and seeing a Rothko mm-hmm. and being like, "What? Were you, were you angry or like no, what was, was your what were your feelings? Enchantment. Like the That's mind great. blown emoji basically come to life. Like I was just like, what? And when you're like you were saying, when you're small and you see a big ass painting like that, it's like, what? Yeah. And then it's just color. It was amazing. Amazing. It like tickled a part of my brain. It was like, I'm, I think I'm just forever trying to get to that spot That's as an great. artist, which I never do. But, you know, sometimes well, we no try one. to like recapture that moment, you know? Yeah, sure always trying to capture it but it's never reachable it's like yeah. uh, the horizon that always recedes yeah I, I think that's life isn't it because if you ever reached it it would probably be like you know You'd be dead yeah it's over you know yeah I mean sadly that's and like people who do drugs do it's a lot of times they have that initial feeling and then they just spend the rest of their life trying to get that initial feeling. It's never going to be that initial oh, feeling I anymore. Know. Love can be like that. Like that initial phase where you're trying to recapture that magic. Yeah. Or whatever it is. So in high school, you enjoyed that. And then it came time to go to college, I guess. Judging yeah. by your parents' pedigree, it wasn't going to be a choice to not go to college. Like, you were like, okay, right. where am I going? So, what did you, what was the decision? I mean, I know it where you, spoiler, I know where you went, but I'm just wondering <laughs> how you got to that decision. <laughs> I, I'm really impressed by the research that you've done, right? This is, where is this research coming from? Like, my website or? Yeah, Google. Night Gallery CV or? Yeah, basically. Same old. I I didn't have to like, you know, it wasn't like the Rockford Files or like the Da Vinci Code. I mean, I just, you know, Googled your name and looked up some stuff. This is, I'm I'm really like flattered. I I can't, like, I just can't imagine that I would be in a place where someone who's like well-respected, well-known would like seek me out, you know? So like, I'm, that's Sorry. You're, you're being too um, no, self-deprecating a and b me being well respected that's the stretch i don't know about that you're gonna have to do a little research on your end to see if i'm actually <laughs> if you're teaching college so that counts right i guess i've had some teachers in my day I'm not sure they're all you know cracker jacks at the uh, art of <laughs> helping kids get better at anyways Anyways, I want I'm, to I'm flattered that you're flattered. Oh my god, I'm so flattered. 
It's like someone wants to do a podcast. Yes. Please. <laughs> so I want to talk about myself. So in relation to, well, you didn't answer the question of where you went yet, but. Cooper. I went to Cooper. You went to Cooper Union. The the Cooper Union School for the Advancement of Science and Art. Art, maybe? art and science. Yeah, art and science. Like oh, it's alphabetical. Damn, it's close. I or I forgot, or I just got it wrong. I I can't remember yesterday. So you got a full scholarship too. <laughs> I got free, a full scholarship. It? I got a full scholarship, but there was. A little student fee, like maybe like $600 a semester. And there was no like living stipend. So so oh, we had Manhattan. to figure out how yeah. to live in Manhattan and eat food in Manhattan. And so a lo- some of my classmates went to Cooper, got full rides, but still took out um, student loans. They still had thousands and thousands of dollars of debt from the living expenses part. You mean like any other New Yorker? <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? You just go into debt in a city. Wait, uh, so did you avoid that? Well, my parents are upper middle class, so they oh, they helped me a lot. They you up. That's good. They've paid for everything. They've paid for everything. See, it's hard. You, there's that... That can be a thing. Oh, it's a, tough it's a on double you, but they also take care of you, and it's like ah, uh, double like edged sword. Hand feeds you in a way. I mean, spoiler alert: I have money issues now. <laughs> <laughs> Again, don't we all? Don't we all? Okay, but I thought this is like a true belief that I had when I was in undergrad i thought my art was worse because my parents paid for everything that if 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 someone had to go into debt for their art or like didn't have someone didn't have their parents buying the art uh, supplies yeah. their mm-hmm. art was actually better than mine right that was, was more be- on the line basically that, yeah that that was a belief that i held for a very had, long time. I had a tangential parallel belief that sure. if I didn't stretch my canvases and, and make the stretchers, that they weren't totally me. Yeah, sure. I, I lost that. I, now I'll, I'll buy a stretcher. I don't care. Oh, yeah. No, I lost, I lost that my... How do you say it? I stopped telling that lie to myself right i guess it's a it's a lie that we told ourselves like when we were younger we would tell ourselves certain lies certain rules but that they're they're actually just not true yeah well those lies were informed by things that were told to us you know what i mean that were probably not true yeah exactly yeah a lot of those things that they just kind of that's another thing I'm trying to avoid as a teacher. You know what I mean? You just kind of like oh, yeah. learn the good things and then oh, yeah. you try to avoid the bad things. Although so, I so will say this. Don't you agree that bad teachers do teach you a lot though? Maybe not in the moment, <sighs> but in retrospect. 
yeah, sure, bad teachers taught me a lot, but but I thought that a I don't want to be one of the bad teachers. <laughs> yes. Right. <laughs> Granted. Yeah. And, and then B, I thought that the way that they taught me was not efficient. Right. It 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 like I ended up wasting so much time figuring out that they were wrong. So I kind of regret or mourn it. When I think about the bad teachers, I feel a little bit of mournfulness because I mourn the lost time or the lost pleasure or something like that. I understand that. I'm a diehard optimist, so I feel like those learning moments, even if they're hard and a quote unquote waste of time, those are still valuable. Maybe in a a crappy way, but they're still valuable, you know? They kind of like show you something. I don't know. Oh my God, I'm like less depressed now. (laughs) (laughs) I do feel that way though. Can can we talk every week? I feel much better. (laughs) Okay. We'll do Friday night, Friday night sessions. (laughs) 8.30 (laughs) Pacific time, 11.30 Eastern time. I'll try. I'll, I'll do my best schedule wise. But yes, that that I'm. I I I hope like I'm a glass half full person. You know what I mean. That's good. And I think sometimes it can be probably irritating to people, or maybe it's unrealistic. But you know, there's like everything in life is a duality, right? Everything. Oh sure, yeah. And everything can be seen. There's like two sides to every coin. So you, the, even when you break down life to what it is which we don't even know really know what this is you could either say oh my god i'm alive this is amazing or conversely you could say i'm gonna die yeah and both are 100 percent true and it's all how you look at it are you a buddhist i wish i taught for six weeks in japan over amazing. the summer for our, our university and we did part of it was going to uh, a buddhist monk meditation sort of like thing and it was mm-hmm. pretty amazing i felt very that felt more spiritual to me than most anything else that i've done you know although i will say that i did when when i went to notre dame and i walked in that place i was like oh i get it that's why these people believe in this stuff because it's amazing it was just beautiful so beautiful yes yeah. it's stunning in the same way that you know people used to back you know explorers would go see the hudson river for the first time and think like the sublime nature this is religion you know it's just so vast and awe-inspiring you know kind of like now and cryptocurrencies and the internet (laughs) (laughs) and reddit (laughs) beauty and terror together isn't out that's the sublime they thought those the landscape was beautiful but they also thought you know it's it's like the oregon trail it's like i'm gonna get cholera i'm gonna die or you know (laughs) like you know it's it's beautiful and it's gonna kill me you know have you ever seen a tornado and it was just like that's amazing it's gorgeous and it's going to level me if i stay here yeah sure totally thunderstorms like massive lightning all that stuff it's it's amazing even those forest fires the images of that were beautiful and like a turner painting of awfulness see duality 
though how you it's, look at it yeah was there a duality at cooper or did was it all good stuff did you feel like it I was i think it might have all been bad stuff there you go all right <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about it sure sure um Mm. what years are we talking 2003 to 2008 and it was not good it was people were like really mean like they were really mean during crits teachers or students or both 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 Both. yeah it was toxic yeah pretty toxic it was pretty and what were your what were your efforts like at that point what were you making i was making paintings and prints and videos and i took a sculpture class and um yeah people were just really hard and critique like really really it's tough, isn't it? Like, yeah. Because you're exploring it. Because you're undergrad. Right. You're exploring. Yeah. It's a hard time to have that kind of, like, being, that's why I can never imagine going to undergrad in Manhattan or, like, in New York City or in, like, a school yeah. like that because, you know, I th- Penn State was perfect for me because you're a little off the grid and you could just, sure. you, you know, I could just make crap and it didn't matter, you know? It was, like, fun. Yeah. It's so important. It's so important. Yeah, you got to be able to just fail repeatedly and make awful yeah. things. And like, I tell my students all the time, you know, exercise the demons. Just get it out of there. You know, try it That's all. That's great. You know, That's really I made good some of the worst insulation art in an insulation art class I think that's ever been made, and I love it. Like, I love that I made. <laughs> they were. It was horrible. But, but I tried hard. You know. Yeah. 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 And I learned a lot from that you know totally yeah i mean they they um i mean i wish i wish it was like you or like like penn state you went to penn state yeah that's where i went to undergrad i i wish it was more like exploring type atmosphere um because i think the without the exploring type atmosphere i experienced a lot of paralysis and i think some of my classmates also experienced a lot of paralysis and i can see that in my students too like the ones who are the most scared or the most nervous like that i call it constipation it's like they're like there's this kind of constipated um way and it's just really not good for making art i think yes yeah blockage is not good it's because the idea yeah. is you just you let everything get through you don't yeah, want to block it up yeah you have to spray the shit on the studio walls exactly just let it rip yeah. i mean otherwise yeah. it's just gonna you know clog everything up you actually you're not going to get in the habit of like trying anything or doing anything because you're just stopping it before it starts yeah. yeah which is another bad parenting tactic of people who are like will tell their kids like oh you can't do that 
or you can't do right. that. You know, always saying like, you can't do that. You can't do that. And then you give them a complex that they can't try anything in life or they're oh, going to yeah. fall on their face or they're not going to make a lot of money or they're going to, you know, they're not equipped for that or whatever. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like you just want to let people find it and, and they'll kind of gravitate towards it, you know? Yeah. So how, how do you feel like at the end of your tenure of undergrad, I mean, did you, were you still able to manage to work through things or did you need so time what after I, I that? Took, I took time off. I took one year off in my junior, like second semester, uh, sophomore to first semester junior year. And I went to China and I was a foreign exchange student at the Central Academy of Fine Arts in the mural painting department. And that's when I felt like I could explore and like make stuff and like not have anyone like you know doing surveillance on my studio or like being really mean in critiques or whatever so I made a body of work in China and brought it back and then I applied to Skowhegan with and I got into Skowhegan as an um, undergrad yeah before I graduated nice one and then but I was too young for Skowhegan because I was like during critiques at Skowhegan I was like this is terrible and you should apologize because I had I had the Cooper critique mentality where I was where everyone was mean I did not realize that Skowhegan was about having sex and making connections and being oh, nice yeah. to people and getting duck itch that's what it's about Free <laughs> breakfast and getting some sort of duck disease from the pond and everyone hangs out and has fun basically yeah so i was too young in a way um and then i went back to school finished cooper and then um built out some studios in in what they call East Williamsburg now. <laughs> I think I'm, I live in the place that you call East Williamsburg. <laughs> Over by Morgan? Yeah. Yeah, that's where I am now. Grand and Morgan. Yeah, and that red brick building? Yep. Yep, I know it. I've been in there. So so you kind so of I like... built out studios. You got like kind of like mentally abused in these crits and then you pass that along to the poor Skowhegan people weren't looking oh, but they were that. but they were all older than me so they were just like this girl's crazy like she's the young person who doesn't get it right right so they, they were unfazed <laughs> totally unfazed and when i went to Skowhegan, i was like oh you could be a good artist and be nice isn't that amazing? Amazing. Yeah, never seen I that never before. Knew. Yeah. Never knew. I, I went no from, idea. Con- like, not to say that I s- had a similar situation, but I went from like Yale Graduate School to Skowhegan, which was basically from night to day. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was so different. Super mean people or well, mean yeah. harsh crits, like the pit yeah. crit. Intensity, like uh, yeah. and everyone arguing over your work, you know. Yeah. And then Skowhegans were like the teachers weren't even teachers; they were like participants or so, or I don't know. You, they were yeah. just like your buddies. I'm like sharing music with Tom Friedman, you know, like and hanging Love out it. with like, you know. Love it. I, I was just amazing. 
It's totally different vibe. What year were you? 99. Amazing. Sounds like fun. Was Byron Kim to teaching this day a big I mean Byron yes, he was. Oh and god, I, I love I Byron. Hit it off. Oh, he, Byron's the best. And yeah. It, it was great. I mean Byron Kim, John Waters visited, um Amazing. Suzanne McClellan, Polly Applebaum. And I was with like Dana Schutz and yeah, Iona Brown and Gene Shin and so it's such a great group of people. I'm sorry That's if I'm great. leaving out people that hey, what about me? Yeah, there's everyone was like really cool there. So it was yeah. it was a really fun experience that you know coming. But out not Yale, definitely like Yale was good. the opposite of Yale. Well, Yale was good in, because it was intense and everyone was really competitive. But that teaches you to really that the stakes are high in a sense. You know, it felt good. Sure. Yeah. Because you didn't feel like you were going somewhere where, you know, you just show up once in a while and you get your degree and you go on and do whatever. So it felt serious. And that's what I wanted. So, you know, um, is, do you find it funny that you had to go to China to feel like free to paint and to open? I'm telling you, I'm Cooper was such a, it was so much pressure that after my sophomore year all of my roommates quit for you know took leave of absence right you know one person went to Amsterdam the other person went you know everyone just like left for at least a semester because it was like so awful (laughs) gotta get out of gotta take a break for a little bit oh Yeah. yeah I would have nightmares I can't even describe how mean and stressed out people were. <laughs> I no, don't. I, uh, so, I'm rough. sorry. No, it's yeah. it's so funny to me too because the only person that I knew was Byron, and Byron is the exact opposite of what you're describing. Byron's so nice. Byron's He's so nice. great. Yeah. And I visit. I was probably there when you were there as a visitor, and I visited his class. You know, a long time. Well, maybe it was before then, but um, and it just seemed very peaceful and nice and oh byron was a fresh breath of fresh air at cooper but yeah so you got out of there you did skowhegan you tried to give everyone the business in skowhegan did your work change a lot there or did you no not really so what happened after that west coast so then i i built my studios in that oh yeah he's red big building that red brick building yeah and um with caroline woolard actually she was my business partner and some skowhegan buddies and then and some cooper buddies and then um but like caroline is really into social practice but i'm a painter so she was getting like some traction but it couldn't really translate to to me you know like we couldn't really like share studio visits right do you know so then i realized i had to go to grad school to get painting traction because so my social practice buddies were like we like christine's paintings because we like christine right not because they're into painting. They're not into painting. 
Right. So you had to find your community, basically. Like, yeah, the so community I went to grad that school. you were in was not like aligning with the studio practice. They couldn't help me. It's like a different, it's a different um, professionalization path, yeah. right? Like the social practice path is not galleries and fairs. It's right. more like institutions, nonprofits, and honorariums right and grants so that that type of professional path and my friend's professional network couldn't help me as a painter yeah so So, how did you decide where to go or like what to do what was that choice i went to ucla because um it's a smaller painting program so I thought I would have less competition. At UCLA. that It's hard to get into UCLA. And it's very <laughs> specific, isn't it? <laughs> well, also, I, I feel like I snuck into UCLA via the painting program and then worked with Andrea Frazier and Mary Kelly. Very smart. So, like, that was, like, me being like sneaky in a way yeah it's well i when i was in school i was always trying to get the graphic design and sculpture people to come talk about my you know because i thought they were doing cool stuff too and yeah it's kind of an advantage that you can you know once you're in you can get other people from around to like come in and look at your stuff ideally yeah it's like (laughs) i can (laughs) i could get in via the painting path but then after getting into ucla the school was interdisciplinary yeah so that was great yeah sometimes you just have to get in the door you know yeah totally um did you like it was it oh my god yeah i loved it i loved it and and the but the good thing is is that after cooper like nothing scared me I yeah. guess that's what you were talking about with that's the bad the plus, teacher. Yeah. It was like my 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 UCLA friends were like, UCLA is so competitive and people are so careerist and people are so hard in critiques. And I'm like, are you kidding me? This is like a bath full of warm puppies and bubbles <laughs> compared to Cooper. Right. Yeah, this so like that's that heaven. was the advantage. That was boot camp, basically. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, sure. You know, yeah. people can go to the, say like, I don't like exercising at the gym. It's like too hard. It's too much work. If you go through boot camp, boot camp's gonna suck no matter what. It's gonna be awful. But then anything else after that is like, yeah, no big deal. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I can do that. So maybe it just like makes the your spectrum of appreciating things, or you know, like I don't know. Again, diehard optimism. So UCLA was much better. Did you like Los Angeles? Not at first, but then I learned how to like go to the gym and like do yoga and swim. The UCLA pool is really good. It's yeah. like heated, 50 yards, outdoors, and like just gorgeous all year round you know yeah the weather's kind of seductive yeah 
but i think a lot of there's like a lot of drinking and driving (laughs) yeah that's not good yeah because there's not a lot of transportation so what are you gonna do right yeah so i would drink and drive it was bad yeah but then i stopped drinking now i don't i basically don't drink anymore well that's good yeah (laughs) yeah so did you at that point were you like i'm gonna live and work in la did you stay there for a while? No, after? no, it's just it's just an adjustment period. I'm just talking about like the adjustment period. <laughs> oh no, I meant like when you graduated school. Did you want to oh, stay in LA, or oh, did yeah. you want to like move oh, out? I I got a I got a I applied for the Fountainhead Fellowship at at in Richmond, right at VCU, but they didn't accept me for the Fountainhead. They passed my application along to VCU Cutter. So I went to VCU Cutter for nine months and did the residency, artist in residency there after I graduated. So then I could build up a teaching resume. Much closer to home. Cutter. (laughs) Wait, VCU, right? Yeah, but they passed it on to VCU Qatar. Oh, Qatar. I was in oh. I was in Doha. I was in Doha, Qatar. Oh, I thought you were talking about in the like Gulf. VC, like a, a an area of VC. Oh yeah, <laughs> that no, it wasn't I, in I, the Middle East. I applied. I applied, but they didn't take me. They oh, they you went over there. Shipped, I went to Qatar. Yeah. How was that? It was really hot. <laughs> <laughs> you you don't say. It was, yeah, it's really, yeah. really, really, well, it's a dry really hot. Come on. Yeah, <laughs> but like really hot. Yeah, so that was probably rough. Oh, it was rough. They made me take an HIV test and a pneumonia and a, a chest X-ray, and if I had been positive for tuberculosis or HIV, they would not have let me into the country. That sounds like it might not be. That's that sounds like that could bad. be a possibility going. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. Yeah, yeah. Super homophobic. Can you drink there? You can. It's considered. It's considered Las Vegas for Saudis. Saudi Arabia. Uh, okay. So people in Saudi Arabia will go to Doha to party. To play the slot machines and get all-you-can-eat buffet? <laughs> Maybe just just a drink. Right. So you got you got out of there. Well, you've moved yeah. around a bunch. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we've established at the beginning of this talk that you're staying where you are now, right? I hope so. I'm so tired. <laughs> tired of I've moving only, around? Oh, yeah. I've only been here for five years. Yeah. Well, that's... Five years is a good amount, like, to where you feel like the roots are starting to dig into the soil a bit, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah. And But how did you end up... It was just through the teaching job? The teaching job? I'm, I married a tech guy. So I'm a tech wife now. Wow. <laughs> Well, that's and he that got a job. Works yeah, for that. Yeah, yeah. So he wanted to move to the Bay Area for his career. Sure. 
Do you like San Francisco? Well, I mean, yeah. if you're there, I guess. I like it now. It took me a while to get used to it. But I like it now, yeah. And I love CCA. I love my students, love my coworkers. I love yeah. the school. It's a really good school. Yeah, my brother used to be the design curator at SF MoMA for a while. Oh. And, um,. Oh, I bet he has really good gossip. I bet you, he, yeah, he probably does. <laughs> He's been at the Denver Art Museum for a while now, though, for design <laughs> curating there. But yeah, he was he was in that San Francisco. He was there. Um, did he like it? Did he like Essa? He did, yeah. I don't think I'm speaking out of turn. Yeah, I think he liked it. But he he loves Denver. Denver seems oh, like a yeah. cool place. I mean, Colorado is really beautiful. It is. Yeah. So, well, okay. Now, I guess now that we've been talking for about an hour, we could probably start to crack into your work a little bit, like in its current manifestation. Because I, as I said before, I have a lot of questions about. Oh yeah, ask ask all of them. All right, are you ready? Mm-hmm. So memes. The. That we'll just start off with memes because memes are memes. Memes are such a, a sort of, there's such a democratic, fast thing that you've migrated <laughs> into these slower, different scale analog. It's kind of fascinating. And um, did you come to that idea just through the love of it or tweaking it? Or were you thinking about the pace that, that memes are seen versus painting and oh, that yeah. pace and all that stuff? Oh, yeah. I I was painting pictures and texts together in grad school and people said, oh, they look like memes. And I got annoyed. I was like, they're not memes. They're like, whatever. You know, I'm not making memes. And then I painted, um, the first meme I painted had the phone case and my finger just in the painting Mm -hmm. so i was like holding the phone like you're looking and yeah but then i decided to get rid of it and just copy the memes or or i i would sometimes like get them before when i used to think that i had to be creative and original (laughs) after (laughs) before i disabused myself of these Lot these fallacies, this right. fallacious thinking. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would feel the need to like edit the memes, like paint a meme, but then add my own words to it or something. Yeah, and now I just original. Right. exactly, exactly. Now I just copy them. It took me like years to just get to the point of pure copying. Isn't that liberating? Oh my God, the best or the worst, depending. (laughs) Well, again, duality depends how you look at it. (laughs) It's a blessing and a nightmare. No, but I mean that the idea of like, you know, where you get to the age or like to the amount of experience to where you're like, you know what? I'm just doing what I want to do. It doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because basically in school, like let's take the Cooper or like in that, oh, yeah, it's, it had it, to be good. <laughs> yeah, and I, and 
not to speak for you, but don't you feel like it was just like all the time you're like, <laughs> like that's the feeling. Oh of yeah. It. <laughs> you know, while constipated, like, <laughs> right. Yeah. It doesn't help things, you know? So it's like a, yeah. And then you just get to the point to where you're like, you know what? I'm just going to let it rip. And yeah, you know, here it is. Yeah. I'm like living it, my, yeah. Oh, well. You're living your best diarrhea life. <laughs> well, there's the tagline for this episode. <laughs> we, it, we found it after an hour, but we got it. <laughs> We're just going to hang that tag on the, <laughs> the hashtag. Oh, yeah, it. yeah. My best diarrhea. And no, no shame. Yeah, no, and no depends either. You just let it go. <laughs> so we don't have to block it. <laughs> now how long have you been in that liberated sense of like you know what i'm just i i will copy what i want to copy i will let it take shape how it wants because in in all seriousness there is a lot of topics that you're tackling in the work from an outsider's perspective that is pretty heavy stuff you know what i mean whether it's you know anxiety about you know environment globalism economy or or and or it's just emotions and it's you know depression or you know like those the drawing ones that i was talking because there's a lot of cleverness and really kind of like humor and that kind of depressing internet humor in those meme ones but the drawing ones to me really struck a nerve because they felt really like emo like a really raw nerve you know what i mean (laughs) Yeah, there's like a sadness to those that is different oh, yeah. than the weirdness of memes. Because like, you know how there's those weird memes that are just like they're creepy. It doesn't even feel like a human made them. It's like have we oh, got yeah. so abstract with humor and memes to where it's just like these weird cartoon creatures from some like sketch comic book thing that no one ever looked at from like 15 years ago, and then it's mixed with you know like white nationalism and something else and but it's reverted and now it's spongebob square pants and you're like where the hell yeah. are we <laughs> the references are too esoteric it's really like way deep yeah but the, i think sure. your images and paintings and dialogue with that is really interesting because obviously i think you get a little more straight to the point with what you're referencing you know what i mean yeah i i per the the new the new memes are like what you said they're like esoteric the 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 visual language is very complicated right yes. but there's there was a kind of more tra- traditional meme format which is image plus impact font you know the yeah. white letters oh yeah yeah i know the impact and <laughs> right like th- that to me is like the classic that's like the most readable meme format and that's what i've been like that's what i've been comfortable in well it's almost a little retro right at this point yeah yeah but you know my mom was she was like what's a may may (laughs) you know yeah yeah. some people don't like there's a certain some people don't know what memes are Totally. So on one hand, my students think my memes look retro and they're sending me stuff that's like really avant-garde for memes. Like yeah. lots of Photoshop wiggles, lots of wiggles. 
and on the other hand my my mom's like i don't know what a meme is you know yeah the speed of interpreting cultural information now is so fractured yeah it's fast and it's fractured it's like it depends on where you enter the stream you know what i mean sure because i notice you know my son being 14 their kind of language of humor and using the net is so different than the kids i teach in college who feel like so different they feel like old news compared to like what the younger kids are on oh gosh hopefully do you ever want to quit teaching (laughs) no i'm i'm serious like no honestly oh i really love it i don't want to quit okay can i tell you when i wanted to quit was i saw someone like they they were like i'm i this painting is oil on canvas and i'm like okay um but it looks like it's like a zoom zoom national graduate portfolio day okay so this person is applying for graduate school. So shows me a painting and it's oil on canvas. And I'm like, okay, but what about this blurry spot right here? That looks like Photoshop. And she's like, yeah, I Photoshopped it. Wait. So it's a Photoshop file of a painting? Yeah. Yeah, but that she, might make me want to quit. <laughs> like when, a, when the kids don't understand the difference between like documentation of painting and like photo editing a painting that then i kind of want to quit you're going to kick me in the teeth but to be the diehard optimist here isn't there something slightly liberating about that tearing down the hierarchical norms of what fine art is that we push back against oh my god yeah i feel no totally i totally feel like they like they don't give a shit (laughs) <laughs> like I'm like I'm Clement Greenberg and they're Andy Warhol or something, right. you know? Yeah, yeah. Like I'm just so old-fashioned. I'm so out of the loop. I'm s- I should just crawl into a hole and die. You know? <laughs> but that's that's kind of why I want to quit. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah, but you don't want you don't want that teaching that. Do you know what I'm saying? Like I think it's important for the fossils to teach the younger ones so they have a pushback against it and there's like a there's a understanding between the two because you know i i learned when i was in school there were a bunch of old farts that taught and and i pushed back against that but it was good to hear their you know whatever they say in their old language that i'm saying now you know yeah again with the optimism i'm really predictable here (laughs) oh i this is like it's like Prozac. I'm like, feel, I, feel, <laughs> I feel better. It makes me better happy. Better and better. Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> Prozac, I'm glad that, yeah, that's, it. it's nice to be able to feel like for once my optimism is not shunned and seemingly annoying. Oh no, be. are you kidding me? I need it now more than ever. It's like like rain for like a thirsty house plant or something. Well, did you how, well how was the pandemic for you? Was it tricky making work and did you have to take time off? Were you not going to the studio? Like how did that work? 
I work from home. I made like 30 paintings in 2020 or something like that. It was just really grueling. My studio assistant came over. I had a sabbatical fall 2020 and a solo show in Cologne. So I had to, I had to ship work during my, during the pandemic, I had to ship work in the sense that it had to get photographed and then it would go and I would store the paintings, but the paintings would be on these online viewing rooms. Right. Yeah. So you had like a show, but it wasn't there. It was just, you made the show and it was photographed and yeah, photoshopped was, into the space basically. Right. That was early pandemic. And then in the fall, I had a show, it went to Germany and I couldn't go, you know? Yeah. And then I had a two person show that had those drawings that you, the mandala drawing paintings. Yeah. That was a night gallery in February or January, 2021. So I had to, oh, thank you. I kind of want one of those. You know what's funny? I don't often want work. You know what I mean? Like, I don't yeah. want to... I mean, I have a lot... Sure. I'm lucky that I've traded with people for a long time and I have a bunch of stuff, but it's often, you know, I'll see stuff that I really love, but I never feel like I want it. And, like, I saw those and I was like, I want that painting. I'm not asking you for it. I'm just saying it, it was good because it gave me... It felt so raw and so kind of like... I kind of grew up in, like, the emo, you know, where where there was something yeah. really nice about, like, tying together... Expressing. Yeah, expressing and tying it to your youth because there's something intrinsically sort of like primal about the coloring book or the coloring, you know, that ties into your feelings as a kid and like, you know, wanting to be able to express that stuff. And it's so, you know, that age when you're young, it's so hard to express it, but you're like bursting with emotions, you know, it just tie it. It it took me to a lot of different places in in memory and stuff, which was really kind of and the and the really effective part about it is they're in a way they're very simple. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're very straightforward. Yeah. Whereas the memes are like it's all about like layers and layers of you know internet cultural and internet and politics that. and you know and and yeah. and the sort of sarcasm and the flippant there's like a real flippant nature of memes where it's just like eh, yeah. you know I'll take 5 seconds to do this not, not yeah. the painting I'm saying making a meme the whole th- idea of the meme sure. is like this you know cut and paste like you know you could just make us you know snarky comment about anything yeah thanks thanks Brian sure so so you made it out of the pen so were you working small from home just like or were you working full do no. you have a studio in like where you are yeah I show you I'll show you um, this is my house. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, so short commute to the studio. <laughs> yeah. That's but ideal. It means, but it means I can't paint oil. Oh, so well, I I'm made, a, I did all the acrylic. I'm a lifelong, well, not lifelong, but since college, a, a lover of acrylics. I used to get massive headaches in undergrad around all that oil paint and in in those days they were using turpentine not turpenoid just turpentine straight turpentine people would have it in their studio and like vats just uncovered and you know we were all just like 
Yeah. Cool. So I switched to acrylic and I got a studio that was like one of the teachers left on sabbatical. So I was working in a separate room and the headaches went away. So ever since good. then it was water-based for me. Good, good. That's good. And yeah. I, I mean, they're really good paints. Now they are, yeah. It's like veggie. Yeah. It's like being a vegetarian. Like acrylics used to be kind of not so good, but just like fake meat, they've gotten really good at it. And even yeah. if you want to paint like oils, you can get a lot. Cl- I mean, it, obviously, it's never going to be oil, but you can get a lot closer now than it used to be able to. Do you use the slow drying golden? No, ones? I I want it. I use a hair dryer. I want that. Shit oh, you dry want fast. it fast? Yeah. Oh, I'm, you like I fast. work quick. I can't That's take good. a long time on anything. I can do things for a long time. I just don't want to do one thing for a long time. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. I'd rather yeah. make like 50 small things quickly than one big thing that takes 50 times as long. Short attention span, maybe? I don't know. Yeah. Well, you. I, I was telling my students today, like, there's like a, you ha- kind of have to trick yourself to a certain extent like if you're getting bored or tired or something figure out how to trick yourself into keeping going totally yeah it's all it's like mind games sometimes yeah i've been painting for like like painting painting like real painting for like yeah 22 years 23 years 24 years whatever now and i still do the same song and dance when I'm painting where I'm like, I started off, I'm like, okay, I'm going to figure it out. And then like, there's a middle period where it sucks and I'm just like, oh, oh this yeah. is a slog. And I'm, I have to pretend like, oh, it's going to be so nice when I get this done. And then I'll part, I'll, I'll fix an area or do something drastic in the painting just to trick myself to feeling like it's closer to being done so I can get oh, the yeah. momentum to finish it. It's like, what am I doing? <laughs> painting. Right. Yeah. Uh, but to bring it back to life, isn't it the same thing we do? We're like filling our life with all this stuff and important things because we all know it's going to draw to a close, but we're just trying to find meaning and trick ourselves into, you know. This is very Buddhist. That's that's a very Buddhist idea. I think so. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know the story of Dadama? No. The monk? You know, the little red dolls that are like circle dolls? You fill in one eye and then you wait oh, make a wish and then you fill in the uh-huh. other. But the, the story of the monk is that he was a monk that was so good at focusing and meditating that he stayed in one spot so long that he lost his arms and his legs. Wow. Which is kind of weird. Gruesome. Gruesome, yeah. yeah. But, but, but goals, life goals. Hashtag yes. life goals. And the, the, the spiritual, the kind of the, the quest is more important than the physical in a way. But like you try to, they're weighted. So when you try to hit them, they, you can't, you know, knock off the concentration. They just stay focused. It's kind of beautiful. That's great. Yeah. Good. <laughs> so he, one thing that I didn't get to talk to you about yet, and I'm really interested because I think you have, I mean, I, a really engaging and interesting sense of humor. And I'm curious as to what your uh, taste in music is. Like, oh did you grow God. up around a lot of music? Where, where mom and mom and dad don't seem no. like they were like listening to Billy Joel they or you know Tom the Waits. The Nutcracker. Oh, 
That's beautiful. No, it's I fucking know, tragic. Well, what did you do? Well, you pushed back, right? Were you listening to like so Minor I Threat to or Nirvana. something? Oh, Nirvana, nice. Fugazi, sure. DC. Well, yeah, Girls Against Boys. PJ Harvey. No, not Girls in Boys. But Bikini Kill. Nice. In high school. Little Kathleen Hanna. Love it. Um, so La Tigre, Bikini Kill, and then, and then I started getting into rap music in college because Jay-Z's Black album oh, yeah. dropped when I was in college. Game changer. Really. Game changer. And now I'm listening to like Megan Thee Stallion and Rosalia. And oh, she's so good. Rosalia. So good. Yeah. She's really Such good. a good musician. Oh, Sleater Kinney. How could I forget? Yeah. Well, that's all from where you are now, too, right? There's a lot of Bay Area. So the band that I was in, the woman who played cello in the band, Dominique, was in a all-girl punk band called Spitboy from the Bay Area that was kind of like mm. a seminal early punk band. She played bass in that. So, um, but yeah, that that scene, we you know, was from that area in the Bay Area. Love it. So are you still yeah. listening to that stuff now? Or are you you're well you're more into the hip hop stuff now? Yeah. Now I'm listening to Megan the Stallion. The Stallion. <laughs> the Stallion. Have you you know what my son's pushing on me in the last couple of days? The Shang Chi soundtrack? Is that it? Oh. I haven't watched that yet. It's not out. Like it's only in theaters, so I haven't seen it yet. But I'm a big fan of Audrey Nuna, and she's on that record. Okay. I don't know if you know her, but she's pretty good. Okay. But it's actually, a lot, if not mostly, Asian musicians on the soundtrack. So go figure. Hollywood is trying to actually have an Asian themed movie with Asian people in it with Asian. Mu- <laughs> I mean, Groundbreaking. Your, son's, your son's half Asian. Yes. I constantly yeah, tell represent- him, don't deny huh? your heritage. Don't deny your heritage, kid. He gets so irritated. <laughs> and he's like, I'm 14, I hate you. <laughs> well, yeah, it's not that bad. I'm still kind of cool. Oh my God. <laughs> just, just, you just have to wait like what like 10 15 years and then you'll be like best friends yeah of course you just gotta ride out the storm that's life you know well let's get back to the painting but i think that i think my meme paintings are more about like not being able to digest the digital speed yeah then they're more about being human than about technology it's like the failure that I experience as a human being when I cannot consume the images on Instagram fast enough. You know, I to that totally, it's a good callback way to bring that full circle. And B, I, I think that's so interesting too, that it's like the relics of this internet communication. That's a more analog quote unquote way of, coming up with or deciphering all that stuff kind of in a way that like if you're in like a dystopia 
dystopic city and there's all sort of these failed industry or like places and then you just go around and get the scraps of all these parts and you build sculptures out of that you know you're trying yeah. to make something creative and primal out of out of this web of industry or or culture or technology or information or whatever that's yeah. daunting to it's like the new sublime in a way because you can't wrap your head around the density of it yeah yeah new new sublime if you think about the entire if 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 you look at my paintings and think about the entirety like the the memes that are missing then new sublime comes in but if you're just thinking about the paintings that are there on the wall then it's just failure <laughs> <laughs> well all work though is engaged by what's not there you know yeah, what i mean yeah sure and that sounds sure. weird and yeah that might not be for the lay person that might be for people who spend their time making work all the time but like you know i'm always talking to students about when they're making work that you know a work doesn't usually stand on its own it means something in relation to the next thing that they're making or or the if it's a group show the other piece or whatever you know it's in constantly yeah. a dialogue and activated by what's around it or what isn't there which is a really difficult but liberating in a way um you know aspect of making you know thought and ideas through images yeah but yeah, so yours does seem to engage in that broader world of all that stuff, but you're doing it in a way that's brought back to this kind of like the same way. I would say it's like a microcosm of what we're doing as artists. We're like looking at all this vast world and then we're making pictures to kind of understand that vast world. You know, it's like our way of like understanding the environment in one way or another, whether that's human emotion and environment or the yeah. physical environment or mental environment. And, you know, you're kind of playing with that in a way of using these images that are part of a language that's trying to come to terms with this deluge of information. Yeah. That, that I think, quite honestly, our brains aren't really evolved to to cope with it. Oh. No, no, no. We're com we're way we're way in over our heads, literally, and literally. that yeah, and it, we're not wired for that, and that's why I think anxiety and stress and and addiction. fatigue and addiction is like you know, yeah, is what we're we're quietly living in that. Like, remember when it used to just be like crack cocaine or something <laughs> like there was an just epidemic crack. like there was a thing and that was like that's the bad thing or that's the thing that's like screwing up our minds or something or and now it's like it's really hard to wrap your head around it because it's all oh, yeah. abstract you know or and it's, an it's so whereas you know dealing those things used to be contraband now it's all embedded within advertising and like you know in capitalism, capitalism in a way that yeah. it's it's just everyone's just like what i want to get the new blah 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 like they don't you know yeah it's so addictive all those apps are so addictive like tiktok i i will not i will never ever download tiktok it i heard it's so addictive i'm sure uh, i they're getting really good at inventing more ways to keep you hooked on whatever it is you know yeah fortunately 
long podcasts are not in that dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> this th- do you do you have sponsors? Do you say like, oh, let's take a break, and then like, no, like at the beginning, I do. <laughs> I have Golden has sponsored me in this podcast hey, for a while. So that's great. Are you using uh, nothing but acrylics now? No, I. I have another little tiny studio for my oil paints and I mostly use acrylic, but I've been doing more and more oils. Um, but I like oils. I like yeah, both. They're like buttery. Both. Oils are nice. Oils are really nice. Uh, acrylics are nice too. They're, I, I really love both. Um, yeah, we can, yeah, we could talk about paint all day, all, <laughs> all night. <laughs> Tech talk. <laughs> we talk about, I've, lately I've been asking people about what brushes they use. Oh, yeah. Do you have like old funky ones from like 20 years ago or do you use like throwaways or what's your brush of choice? Well, I like using natural hair for the oils and synthetics for the um acrylics but i've been i like liner brushes you know like the really long skinny ones yeah and and i really like golden's airbrush medium i use that instead of water and i just like water everything down with airbrush medium. That's interesting. Yeah. How is that consistent different than like matte medium? Is it just the airbrush your? medium is like water. Yeah. It's just, it's so high flow and transparent. Cause the matte medium is like a little bit gritty. It's a little chalky, right? It gives you a little, it's like a little to it. grit. Yeah. There's yeah. I mean, I like it, but it it also has body. It's like, it's a little bit creamy. Yeah. Even the fluid stuff has got a little. Yeah. Do you ever use the GAC stuff? Like the. GAC 100, GAC yeah. 400. I used the 400 for fabric stiffener. Yeah. Right. Because it it's supposed to be for like their rabbit skin glue replacement. Yeah. Um, I haven't really used it that much. Do you like GAC? Do you like the GACs? I've used it occasionally because it, if I ever use tape, it, you can add some of it. You can make a mixture of like two different GACs and it, it creates like a really seamless priming of the tape so you don't get any like bleed under it. Oh. But usually I just use matte medium because it's quicker to to prevent the bleed yeah you seal it first with matte medium yeah that's a good that's a good one yeah it took yeah, me years to figure that out like no one taught me that until i was in grad school and one of my teachers was like you know these crappy lines you could just put matte medium down first and it'll make it like nice and i was like thanks finally <laughs> paying like you know, tens of thousands of dollars oh for years gosh. and years, and finally someone taught me that. <laughs> isn't it? Isn't it crazy how? Well, my students would complain. They they say we never learned technique. 
Like we learned, right. we would learn how to ta- talk about painting, but no one actually taught us technique. Like no one taught us how to paint. Right. Well, my com- my students complain about that all the time. Yeah, I learned how to paint, like paint, paint, like glazing and stuff like that. So, and then I complained about it. So, but now I I realize that you was taught a good yourself. Thing. No, no, I learned you in school. Have- oh, I learned how to glaze and stuff and do that. But um, yeah. yeah, I think it's important to learn a little bit of some chops stuff, you know, some technique things. Yeah, it shouldn't all be book. Although nowadays you could just learn everything on YouTube. Yeah, you know, especially I like yeah. I teach a digital painting class, and that one I don't really talk too too much at all about like how tos. I mean, I'll talk a little bit about layering and like color stuff, but. There's so many programs now. There's so much freeware. It's like each one has got its own idiosyncrasies. So you just go on YouTube and like, you know, you can figure out like tricks or shortcuts. But like I'll talk about how this painting is working as a digital image and what you can do to, you know what I mean? Like to talk about the critique side of it more. Because That's like with, with digital stuff, you can nerd out forever on it. I mean, you know. Yeah. Like I don't know it that well. I only know it the way I know it. Like I use After Effects to animate the way I need to. I'm not a master of it. So, but I could teach people an unconventional way to approach it. Maybe that's useful. I don't know. Oh yeah. I'm sure. I feel all like I students, could Huh? Oh, go ahead. Students. They're using all my students are using Procreate. Yeah. Got it right here. Never never used Procreate my whole life i like adobe i like the the um the illustrator draw on the um like the adobe suite of like drawing stuff but yeah people love procreate i've used it it's fun i love digital drawing because when i go somewhere on a trip i could take the ipad and i can sketch all day long and it doesn't take any room and i don't have to spill watercolors or you know it's kind of fun So when you're working in your studio these days, you listen to music while you work? I listen to audiobooks. Nice. Is that one that you were on your Amazon wish list? Is that going to be a future painting to while you're listening to that? Yeah, maybe. What I just listened to um, um, Red Roulette. It's about this guy who with his wife were billionaires in China, but his, but then he got divorced and then his ex-wife disappeared, got disappeared by the Chinese communist party. And that was a good book. And then I'll listen. Yeah. That's cool. And then I'll listen to like really trashy stuff. Like, I don't know, like vampire novels or something. Or do you, are you continually working or do you like take a break and then kind of like formula? I have this habit of like when I get a show date, I kind of work towards that now, like theme work towards that show and I, sure. almost by default. Do you, but, but when I first started showing, I wasn't like that. I would just make paintings and then I would just clump them together and it was kind of cool. They were not necessarily like a theme or something. It was just the overall vibe. That's- that's kind of what I want I'm going for. I want to I'm doing the clumping that kind of like 
work really hard and crash. Yeah. Like work really hard and then crash. And I don't like it. So my goal is the even. Slow and steady. Yeah. Yeah. That's my goal. It's hard though, right? Oh my God, so hard. Because you get like momentum. Or there's like this, yeah, shows do something. In a way it can be good too though because it gives you a finish line and you can kind of resolve some things sometimes. But yeah, I, I know what you mean. It's it, it, it It's kind of like, nice to think of just like slowly churning and you know yeah not like this all the time but this yeah, is I don't probably like, more i don't like the wave yeah that's probably more life though right ups and downs but, but we want to be like on a boat it. that's like quiet and calm steady yeah yeah we don't want to be in rough seas yeah <laughs> get seasick <laughs> i'm studio sick Chill. from all this up and down yeah that's too much. Yeah, it's I get too it. Much. Yeah. But you are optimist. You are on high alert when you're in those rough seas. Like you're not sleepy or taking anything for granted. Yeah, but it's so rough. I know, on, it's exhausting. I, it's rough on my body or something. It's like rough mentally. I, I agree. Well, it was really great to talk to you. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> so optimistic. Thank you. by myself brian alfred check out more information at soundofvisionpodcast.com or on instagram at soundofvisionpodcast you can check out more of my work at brianalfred.net and at alfred studio on instagram many more exciting episodes coming up many thanks to michael lovett to brigine and to christine fulcrum coffee nyc crit club and golden artist colors as always and thank you for listening